When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Scaredy Chat listeners, we are back with a new episode of Scaredy Chat. I'm Monica. And I am Caitlin. And I am excited because this this story that Caitlin's about to tell us is a saga that has been going on for months. I know. And our whole friend group was like, what is happening? And it finally came to a resolution. Caitlin, tell us about it. Okay, so this is the gripping conclusion of what I'm going to call the sketchbook saga. I don't. I think saga means four parts. Or it does. There are four parts. We know grammar. I just know that because of Twilight. Um, that's the only reason I know it. But basically, okay, so... I live in an apartment, but the apartment has a backyard. It has like a like a patio type thing. You know this. I'm not, I'm only reiterating this to you as a vessel to get this information out to the audience. But my backyard, um, it is kind of like on. It's on the first floor, obviously, but then above it, there's apartments with balconies and stuff. So I often like kind of stare at the balconies when I'm outside. And I'm like, I wonder who lives there. Anyway, that's a normal thought to have, guys. Anyway, so I'm out one day. I'm actually like going to the farmers market in Ohio. It's just like oh a very, just like a very LA like Sunday trip or whatever. But I get when I come back, I get a note in my backyard that is attached to a pencil. So the pencil it says it's on the note, and I guess they put the pencil attached to the note so that it would be heavy and then it would be weighed down. So I find this note in my backyard, and the note says. Hi, I lost my sketchbook. I live in like one of the apartments above you. I can't find it. Can you please look? Here is my phone number. So I'm like, okay. Sus. It's a little sus. <laughs> it I, is. I, all my friends are like, weird. What are? What is the plan? And I'm like, I don't know. I think she just wants her sketchbook. We're like, no, she's trying to hex you. <laughs> I know. I'm like, they instantly went to like, which? I'm not really sure why. But anyway, so I get... I look around my backyard. I get kind of like emotional because I'm like, what if I lost like, I mean, I don't know, my laptop. I guess yeah. that would be weirder to be like, I accidentally dropped my laptop. Can you find <laughs> Drop it? Drop my computer into your yard. I like write nothing by hand. Even like signing checks is embarrassing. It's like chicken scratch. Anyway, but yeah, so this woman couldn't find her sketchbook. So I texted her because her number was on the thing. And I was like, hey, I'm really sorry. I did look, couldn't find it. This was in February. So months go by. I'm home by myself. Hate it. I have not been sleeping that well. It's been very strange. I've been going to bed early. I'll fall asleep quickly, but then I'll wake up at like two in the morning, four in the morning, and I'll be up for hours. And the only thing I can do is watch Pretty Little Liars before I go to bed or Degrassi, depending on. Okay. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's quality stuff, but I don't want to be awake. So, but I'm up. I'm up. I hear this banging. It's almost like every two minutes, like, bang. I can't bang on the table because we're at the fancy table, so I can't do that. But I hear a bang. So I'm like, okay. I'm trying to think of what it could be. 
we have a laundry room underneath us. I'm like, maybe the door to the laundry room is open. Was it's it when windy. It, was this when it was really windy? Yes, it was. This was when it was really windy in mm-hmm. LA. Mm-hmm. So I assume that the door is like flapping open, whatever. Go down to the laundry room. That door is locked. I'm like, okay, that did not solve my problem. Nope. I still have no idea where this banging is coming from. And it's like, it's not consistent, but it's like, I hear it, nothing. I hear it again. And that's so much worse because then you cannot go to sleep because you do not know when, when the it's next happening. one's coming. Horrible. Anyway, so then I go outside and I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's like the door to the garage or whatever, which I have to go through my backyard to get to. Hate it. So I go into my backyard. I turn on the light to go outside and there is a man's face staring at me. Now I'm pausing for dramatic effect here, but it's not an actual man's face. It's a killer. It is. It's It's a human man who's going to kill Caitlin. It's not a human man who's going to kill Caitlin, but thank you for that. It is a picture in a sketchbook. The sketchbook is open and the man's face is facing me. It also weirdly looks like my husband's face. I I don't It doesn't. It's not. It's a good drawing. This woman is actually, I'm, spoilers, but this woman is like perfectly normal and lovely, but it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm up. I have no idea really why I'm awake. I've been awake at this hour, many a night. And I see this sketchbook and I see this guy's face and I'm like, holy shit, this is so scary. <laughs> so, but then I'm like, oh my God, that's the person's sketchbook. And it is April. It is April. February, April. That's two months. Is it like weathered and worn out from it, the elements? It is. Like a squirrel definitely bit the sketchbook. Mm. Crazy. But I'm just like so happy also that I can bring joy to someone. Like both like afraid, but also like bringing joy. Did you read any of it? Are there spells in there? No, there are. I mean, I did not read it. So maybe, but probably not. Anyway, so I finally, I text this woman after two months. She is so grateful. She comes back the next day. She brings me a bottle of wine. It was, it ended very happily. But I think that the image of just like this sketchbook, like falling down and just being there, it is like truly out of something like from hereditary. Oh my gosh, yeah. Right? Like, it's just like, why? At the very least, (laughs) at the very least, it's something from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Well, I think it's weird because it was windy all day. Mm -hmm. And it was, and I took Stella, my dog, out at like 10 p.m. So it's like, why would it be outside? Like, why, why wasn't it-, it outside the first time and it is now? Exactly. Like, that's the weirdest thing. So, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it was really, it was a nice story. Like, it's a happy thing that happened. It's one of those rare episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark that does end happily, but with a little stinger on the end that's like, or did it? Right, exactly. But I think it did because I got wine. So, <laughs> I got wine and I got to feel like a good person. That's true. That's true. My my favorite thing is feeling like a good person. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. But, but I have to say, waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning... Pass. No, pass. Hard pass. Hello, Scaredy Chat. I hope you're excited because we're going to talk about the fear of abandonment today. We've got a very funny person with us. You know his work from Upload and Inside Amy Schumer. He also hosts the Russell Rose podcast, and he's been on like every podcast you care about. So I'm excited to hear what he's afraid of. Everybody meet Mike Lawrence. Mike, I would like to ask you, well, we can backtrack to Little Caesars. You're a child. You're you're a baby. You have some action figures and you switch homes throughout your life. What are you afraid of? Yeah, I was afraid of um, 
loneliness, I think. And uh, just, yeah, that constant shuffle of back and forth. And, 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 I, and I think being left behind and, and having to mentally adjust, like getting a good amount of attention one week and then not getting as much the next week. And even like the dynamics with my brother would change. Um, and then my mom and stepdad had a, a, a daughter who's my sister, but even, you know, like the change of getting to know her, but then leaving every other week <laughs> and, and things like that. Yeah. It, it, uh, I, I got very, uh, insecure, you know, my, my, my whole, my, my whole childhood felt like a zoom call that could be stopped by technical difficulties at any moment. Wow. So this was kind of traumatic. Precarious. So sorry. <laughs> Mike, this fear of loneliness and of leaving left behind, you mentioned in an email that it kind of manifested in a specific a specific inc- incident that you were afraid would happen. Can you tell us about it? Oh, oh, oh peeing my pants? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I would all the time. I, I did in my, uh, my first few years in New York, I would sometimes. My my nickname in elementary school was was Peebo, and and not because I looked like Mister Bryson. Uh, it was <laughs> it was because um, I had what uh, I don't know if this is just I, I I grew up in South Florida. I don't know if this was Florida vernacular, but Bobo shoes is what they would call like really cheap shoes. Never heard um, of it. Yeah, like like you know I'd get shoes at Payless or whatever, and then I I would pee my pants also. So my, my brother came up with it. He, he's Peebo. And so Your they would. Your brother? Yeah, he's, yeah, you know, he's always the worst about that stuff. And, uh, and yeah, so, so some of the kids would call me Peebo. So there would be times where people would notice, or it's also, you, you smell like pee. Uh, <laughs> but there were, yeah, there were, oh there were God. open mics um, in New York that this happened at a couple times. And just, yeah, because I, I was always afraid, especially, like, if I was around other people, yeah, I was always afraid that they were just going to go somewhere else. Like, if I gave them the chance to ditch me, they would. So I would stick around even past the point of, like, not going to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah, and then and then I got diagnosed with Crohn's uh, later on in life. And oh, no, uh, peeing, my, oh, no. peeing my pants was the least of my concerns. Yeah, that that was rehearsal <laughs> <laughs> for the real the real yeah. body the, issues. Yeah, the storm that was a coming. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Cheyenne Davis. You may know me from MTV's Teen Mom OG or Think Loud Crew podcast. I'm here with my dad, Papa Floyd, to tell you about our new podcast, Unfiltered Kitchen. The kitchen is the hub of the household for many of us. The one-stop shop for conversations both big and small. Cheyenne and I have been having open conversations about all aspects of life in our kitchen since well before she was able to see over the counter. And now we're inviting you into our own kitchen as a part of the family. Unfiltered Kitchen is a two-way street. I share my advice on cocktails, cooking, parenting, and the lessons I've learned. And I inform my dad what it's like to raise kids today, how generational barriers affect us, and the joys of being a daughter. Well, your daughter. Get ready for a whole lot of unfiltered advice. You can take it or leave it, but you're never going to leave this table feeling hungry for more. Listen to Unfiltered Kitchen wherever you get your podcasts.
do you allow yourself to go to the bathroom when you have to now? Yes, except, except if it's Marvel movies, then then you know, I mean, I I wish they were shorter, but yeah, End Game, <laughs> End Game. It's like, and I, I don't, I'm not peeing during them, but like, I mean, if it got to that point, I would, but I just am able to like hold it in if if I need to, because you know, I, I don't want to miss something, and then and then you gotta you gotta stay through the whole credits and the end credits and the. Yeah, those are those are those are full uh, work days. <laughs> <laughs> it's an eight-hour process. Yeah, and it's not even whether or not I enjoy them. It's you know whether or not I have an opinion that's worth shouting out about them after. <laughs> I mean, I'm a comic book obsessive, so I really do like get into them. Um, it's definitely like my sports, but those are great about the Super Bowl. It's like I don't care, so I can pee as much as I want. <laughs> That's, yes, that is the event where you can be, stay in the bathroom. I don't really care what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Just tell me when the commercials are on. Yes, exactly. Just, just tell me which famous person needs the money. So, do you feel like that abandonment fear is still present from childhood? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I mean, and very much in work. I mean, show business is all just people leaving you. It's all about pe- people making you feel important until you're not anymore and they find something else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so true. You know, it's that, uh, I mean, I, I think one of the best portrayals of fame is that, that Simpson episode where Bart gets the catchphrase. He's the, I didn't do it boy. And then he just says it one day and no one laughs anymore. And that's it. And no one yeah. cares. On to the next. Yeah. And then he does a Super Bowl commercial 30 years later. And he goes, I didn't do it. And people love it. <laughs> Yeah. And then some people from a very specific span of time get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you are into Marvel stuff. So I'm interested in what you have to say about this. But for me, a fear is like the, the crushing weight of capitalism and how I can't do anything about it. So I get yeah. very I get very spun out about that all the time. Um, so while I was watching the most recent Spider-Man, yeah, you know, and, and then Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield come out and all of their villains appear and everyone's all excited and you're like, oh my God, I was just filled with dread. Yeah. <laughs> I was like having a panic attack in the theater because to me it felt like everything it's like it's it's like amazon but the movie version you know like everything is being forced together everything is combining everything is being um acquired you know by each other and i was like these first movies were never meant to be part of this and you're forcing it and i was like i don't know i had like a a little fit (laughs) i mean it's (laughs) hey you know i I have a a lot of thoughts about it but it is interesting because it's like i think of um the the one thing I, I the immediate thought I had watching that movie was, okay, I think my life is better than it was when that first Spider Man came out. Oh, that's and good. I'm like you know, but I like that's immediately where my mind went to because it it, it, it that was uh made third two thousand two, so it's almost twenty years, and 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 I'm thinking like hey, that's such a long time ago, but I'm like, all right, uh, you were. You were alone then. You got really depressed because you hated that everyone cheered for Spider-Man, even though in the comics he's always a loner and people hate him. Um, 
because you were a loner and you thought people hated you. Uh, yes. And then once Spider-Man gets popular, you're not popular, then you have nobody. Uh, that, that's literally it's getting better for Spider-Man, I, but not for me. Yeah, when 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 I watched it, I was I was I was nineteen when the when the first one came out, and then like, all right, I'm like, okay, I I'm sitting next to my wife. That that's that's the thing I didn't think would happen uh, <laughs> at all. Then I have that prediction. Uh, I'm alive in my late thirties. Another thing I didn't think would happen, um, you know. And I was like, and you know what? I don't need this. Like, if if this sucks, there's other things in my life. And I was like, and I could not have said that years ago and and then i I started thinking that okay 2004 spider-man 2007 you know like it was just like the report card i mean when the spider-man 3 came out i loved it because it was the first marvel movie i saw in new york when i moved to new york and to see a marvel movie that takes place in new york in new york was the coolest thing to me yeah that is awesome (laughs) Yeah, it's like if you watch a Harry Potter movie in England, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm there's here. Just like, yeah, I see it all. Yeah, <laughs> there's Thomas Hayden Church as a pile of sand. Um, and so I was like so amazed by by all of that that you know, and, and other people were like, oh, that movie's terrible, and it's like it'll always have that special place for me, which which I think should happen more, and and I love when it does when you criticize a movie and somebody says, yeah, but it means a lot to me because that's what should I, the, the, the scary thing to me is the capitalism is scary, but the monolith of opinion is also scary that you have to think a certain way uh, of taste. Like we've all decided that this thing is bad or that thing is bad. And I mean, like everyone's decided the Batman and Robin movie from 1997 is bad, but yeah. I had a fun time watching it, so I'm always going to say I enjoyed it. (laughs) Is it a cinematic, cultural-shifting masterpiece? Maybe not. Oh, well. Well, it's a thing of, like, you know, do we actually allow ourselves to to feel? Or are we watching everything already thinking about what we're going to tweet and what we're going to Instagram? And once you do that, everything becomes work. And that's, like... Like that's the thing. Like I've tried to do less. I got off Twitter um, a couple years ago because it was just it was it was addictive and harmful in my mind. Of you know, it's it's the thing too. Like I, I think about you know with all you know all the censorship talk that people have, and it's like, well, now what we've done is we've just made everyone a gatekeeper. Everyone. <laughs> and, and, and and I was like, you know what? And now there's there's fear in um, worrying about what one group says. And then I was like, there's even fear in getting the wrong people to like you. Oh, my God. That's so true. We have a game that we play with all of our guests. It's called Chill or Chilling, where we run hypothetical scenarios by you. And if you would do it, chill. You wouldn't do it too scary? Chilling. Okay. All right. Our first one, Caitlin, I just made this one up. It's not on your list. But our first one is going to a silent retreat. Chill or chilling? Chilling. Yeah, fuck that. (laughs) I wouldn't. Why? I love talking. Because of the internet, I haven't been able to talk much. But guys, I'm here. What do you, uh, do you have any thoughts on... The industry of 
silent retreats? Uh, just, I mean, I, I, I know friends that have done it. Uh, it's just, it feels really, I have really bad handwriting. So then that takes away my other form of communication. <laughs> I think the idea is that you don't communicate. Is oh, that, really? Is you can't the, even write? I, I don't know. I don't think it's like you can pass notes back and forth. Like, I feel you like it's more about something. being with yourself. Ugh. I mean, I guess if it's like, what do you want for dinner? And you have a sign or something. But I don't think it's that you, I think the idea is that you like are in solitude. I could be wrong. I've never been because I couldn't possibly handle it. Uh-uh. Who knows? Should we do like the next it. one? Yeah, are you go for it. Fart? <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. Probably, I guess so. Probably not, though. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you can. I no, just think you could. No, no sounds can leave your body. <laughs> yeah. I think the idea is you can't like fart to communicate. But what, I if, think. What, what if the fart is judgmental? Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Because it's yeah. judging the food. Right. You have to and leave. A, you get kicked out. It's its own cr- criticism. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caitlin, give us our next one. Okay, this one is having to spend time with Gen Z teens. Chill or chilling? Chill? Yeah, I mean, it depends. Uh, but yeah, I mean... I was going to be a teacher, so that would have been my life anyways. Wow, brave. Brave. Yeah, I I mean, no, it's, uh, I, I, my niece-in-laws, like, they're in their teens, and you learn a lot. Like, I mean, they really uh, do not get enough credit for how tough their own lives are and the crap that they go through and everything and, uh, you know. I mean, it's it's sad. Like, yeah, like I'm I'm 39, so it's like in some ways I'm like, God, I'm closer to the boomer age than <laughs> their age. No, but, it's, but we I would mean, never. <laughs> but you know, it's like I didn't I didn't have school shooting drills. These these tough kids had to, and the yeah, the amount of the internet scrutiny and just the fact that like one person can get more likes than another. And you're both like ten. That's scary to me. <laughs> when your brain is still trying to develop. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. There's a lot of. This is a very sad generation. I think. Um, you know, plus plus the uh, the the shape of the the world we're leaving them in, and you know, uh, <laughs> not great, not great. No, no. I'm with Thunberg. <laughs> oh, I do love her. She's my, great. Uh, my mom works in a hospital, and they had to do a mass shooting drill, you know, and they were like, okay, one of, one of your options is to charge them. Uh, we don't recommend this option, but it is, it is an option. If, if, you know, one, one person is in the group can make a run for it. You know, my mom was telling Spence, she's like, I can do that. What? <laughs> she's, no. she's very, she's very, um, she's very kind of flippant, you know, about her own well being, And she's like, yeah, you don't do that. Like, the way she was explaining it to her, she was like, you know, like, it doesn't really matter about me. Like, I'd be, like, famous. Oh, my God. That's why she would do it no, out I, of, I for the fame? That's why she would do it. But, you know, she oh was my like, God. I, I, I can do that. And I'm like, Mom, no, you hide behind the counter. And you don't do anything. Oh, yeah. No, I used to tell my mom, because my mom is a teacher, or was a teacher. She's fine, but she's no longer a teacher. Um, and... 
I, I she used is to no t- longer with us in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's fine. She's currently in Mexico, actually. Living her best um, life. But um, I used to tell her, I was like, look, like, like hide. Like, whatever you do, I know, like, you hear these horrible stories. Like, just hide. Just, like, get, get the fuck out of there. Like, I don't know. It scares me. But my mom's like, I'll, I'll be the one to do it. Yeah. No. I, I love of, it. I mean, think of, like, like this generation now. Like their willingness to adapt, and they just go with the flow. Like the the kids who like, you know, the pandemic has been like such a big chunk of their lives, and they're like, "You want me to put on the mat? Sure. You want me?" It's like the parents are always complaining about it, but they're not. The kids are like, "Okay, whatever." That's true. Yeah, exactly. like, yeah. No, it's so true. What it's always the parents. Yeah, I don't. I. I. I mean, I feel like yeah, older people like we we have one of two ways. We either hate the youth or we're like you know king louis from the jungle book wishing they would teach us how to make fire <laughs> so, that's, i feel like i'm the second one i talked to it i talked to an 18 year old this weekend and i asked him all these questions i was like what's your favorite gen z food i don't even know what that meant you mean like you like, mean like my favorite food <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like what are the kids like these days <laughs> tell me tell me about oh your God. ways it's fascinating. It is. Like, you know what we don't like? Being classified by our age. Yeah. I, I'm sure he was like, okay, millennial, which yeah. is like almost more insulting than okay, boomer now, somehow. Somehow we're that uncool again. I'm not sure what I happened. Um, I will I, say, though, LA kids scare me. Uh, LA kids freak me out. Where, where are you originally from? Pennsylvania. And those kids don't freak you out. No. <laughs> the actual children of the corn don't scare you. <laughs> I understand <laughs> corn. I understand corn. <laughs> They're not made of corn. <laughs> By the way, that's corn spelled with a K. No. <laughs> Everyone was a huge corn fan. Yeah. It's crazy. They all they all go out into the fields and go, ooh, I don't know a single corn song, I realize. Uh, that was that was uh the refrain from Freak on a Leash. <laughs> I've heard of that song, but I don't actually think I know it. I uh, just know it because my husband occasionally will say that phrase. Oh, and wow. I'm like, right. Huh? Like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, in the 50s, you had like scat. And then in the 90s, you had like like white guys acting like they were possessed for like six seconds in the middle of a song. You know, like like disturbed going, oh, wow, wow, wow. Yes. <laughs> For no reason. No reason. It doesn't even happen to the rest of the song. Just bah, bah, bah. <laughs> they they just become you know a Muppet drummer for for some reason. Yeah, and that has surpassed any lyric they have ever written. <laughs> <laughs> music was so scary. Like we had Slipknot, we had that clown band. I don't- <laughs> they were a posse. A posse. Music was scary. I never understood people who enjoyed scary music. Evanescence was as far as I went in terms of how scary music could be. Whoa. And they were a Christian band initially. And, yeah, apparently they were a Christian band. Learning that today. No. So your 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 scary thing was breakdown. It's. That is scary. I don't understand why they had to dress the way they dress. <laughs> it's a culture, Caitlin. You're 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 more of a was it my immortal? Is that is that your your speed of evidence? I also could do my chemical romance. I was a big fan actually. So they, they're oh, yeah. kind of scary. Caitlin, emo is also scary. 
not as not scary the way that like metal bands with the clown faces At are scary. At least that was intentional. Emo just ended up there by accident. Yeah, but My Chemical Romance, like those guys are like spooky hot, you know. I don't know. My, my Chemical Romance it. is what happens when your parents <laughs> divorce in their teens. <laughs> when you when you're when you're like when they do when they no no you're, when you're, I, I, I rephrase <laughs> no, when you're like sixteen like when you're sixteen when you're sixteen your parents divorce and you're like welcome to my sad parade <laughs> it's, it's my black parade and his dad took him there and taught him lessons to tell about him life. about the divorce. <laughs> right, I guess maybe was that the metaphor? No, maybe I don't, know. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. All right, I'm I don't gonna- know. I'm going to throw you one more, Mike. Okay, sounds great. Spending a night in a graveyard, chill or chilling? I mean, well, the song Monster Mash makes it sound really chill. <laughs> yeah, think, it's so fun. <laughs> I think chilling, like, literally, because, like, even in, in Cal- like California, it would be cold. Like, just being <laughs> in a graveyard in the middle of the night. Like I just, I even feel like, like no matter, like even like you're in Arizona or whatever, like it would just be cold, like the 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 coldness of the stones just amplifies. I I don't know. I you know what? I I would say yeah, chilling, but but also because like I don't want to be seen by the groundskeeper, like you know, like the people that work there, like. You know, there, there's probably a certain type of person that hangs out in a graveyard at night. And I, I don't want that to be me. Yeah, people are going to make some assumptions. Yeah, I'm going I'm to go during the day. One question that I never ask people, even though we ask this question kind of a lot, is how much money would it take you to do it? Oh, to spend a night in a graveyard? Yeah, and you have blankets and stuff. Maybe a heated jacket, even. Ooh, Oh, like, like, like you're $10. Glam- you're glamping in a graveyard. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, okay, it's like $40 and uh, <laughs> give me some give me some Arby's. <laughs> okay, wow. Everybody has a price, I guess. Everybody Arby's. has a price. It doesn't seem like that. I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess like 100 I but but that's more just to be out there in the cold it's a, yeah it just feels like survivor you know do, do, do i get my do i get my my bucket of rice i have one last question for you okay as an adult who is funny for a living very funny and you know is out here in la doing it is married all of these things how where is your current uh fear of loneliness Oh, it's so high as ever. <laughs> I take antidepressants. Um, no, it's it's a little better, but you know, it's the thing. The thing that I've realized is the stuff that I thought pushed people away when I was a kid is also the stuff that makes people like me now, and and that's kind of nice, you know. And and like I said, I mean, you know realizing like yeah having the diagnosis and and being able to navigate that and and things like that i mean it's it's i'm still you know unpacking it because it's so recent but i mean is it you know autism is is so fascinating because you know people will be like yeah it's a superpower and i'm like yeah but most superpowers don't have 20 weaknesses uh (laughs) like you know, there there are wonderful things. Like, I don't think I'd have the the, the career I do um, without it. Like, I, I I definitely 
think that my brain is wired in this different weird way that works for comedy and doesn't work for social interactions or small talk. <laughs> you know, if you could see the, the linear way this conversation went, like that's how my, I love my brain. Oh, thank you. But my brain isn't linear. You know, I go all over the place and, 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 and I will be spending the next few hours then going through and picking the pieces and all of that. That's that's the other side of autism that nobody talks about, you know, like, like you know, lo- Love on the Spectrum just shows the date. They don't show the next week. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and, they probably uh, should. But, but I, I feel like um, in, in, in navigating and, and in connecting with other people um, who deal with similar things, like... Yeah, you you feel less alone, and I think if there's one thing that you know, there's a lot that's bad about the internet, but what the one thing that's good is uh, that you can connect with other people. And I mean, look, some people should feel alone. Uh, people who thought that uh, they should have uh, gotten to overtake the country over. January 6th, they're the ones who should feel alone, pee their pants. Um, 100%. But, but people who, you know, deal with, um, you know, depression and things like that, and, and knowing that you can connect with other people, like, that's that's cool that the internet has helped with that. And, <laughs> you know, and even if someone, like, listens to this and, like, relates to some of it, and like, oh, shit, I've done that. You know, I feel that way sometimes. Like, my pants are wet now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My pants are wet right now. When was, <laughs> when's the last time you I love peed that your pants? Though. The last time that I, I peed my pants was about about eight months ago, and it was on a podcast that, that it, was, it was my own my own show, Wrestle Roast, and it's just one of our co-hosts was just going in this tangent, and I just and I, I knew that I could leave, I just didn't want to, and I should have, but I I mean. You know, but it's also it's like I look at it of like, man, I think of the awful hack jokes I laughed at and peed my pants during when I was young. I'm like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pee my pants and it's high quality comedy, that's fine. Yes. You know, if I if I if I go to see Maria Bamford and I pee my pants, like great. Worth it. That is worth it. Yeah, that's worth like getting it. that's like getting drunk off, you know, aged wine, but like man, if you're getting drunk off taps <laughs> 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 Not that worth it's mostly Not just water it. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the excuse you use when someone notices you peed your pants. <laughs> if it's too much of the high water content, it goes right through you. No sodium in it. Yeah. If I made someone pee their pants, I would be incredibly proud of myself and flattered. So But yeah, so that's I mean, I guess I guess that's it. Like I, I feel like I haven't I mean, maybe there's a lot of people on this show that say they've conquered their fear. I guess, I don't know if you ever do, but, like, I understand mine more. (laughs) And that helps. I like that sentiment. You don't conquer fear. You just understand it, and you, like, learn to live with it. Yeah, because does anyone, like, ever truly get over a fear? I don't know. Maybe they do, but, and that's awesome that they do. They're better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Probably don't make people laugh as much. All right. I'll take it. Well, Mike, is there, can you shout out where people can find you if you want them to find you? If so, where? Yeah, I'm Mike Lawrence Comedy on Instagram. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, my podcast is is Russell Roast. We pick a different wrestler and we write roast jokes about them, and that's just fun. I love wrestling. Um, you know, uh, I will I will leave to go to the bathroom during a wrestling show, though. So, <laughs> but, so not that much. Yeah, <laughs> a healthy amount. <laughs> Well, this has been seriously so awesome. I am so sorry that our internet has been less than awesome. I wish that I could have stayed here visually with all of you for a longer period of time. But this was (laughs) awesome. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much, guys. I'm going to cut. Mike, you're so funny. You're hilarious. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Scaredy Chat. We hope you were a little scared and maybe a little relieved about your fears. And if you're having fun listening to this podcast, please rate and review and subscribe so you never miss it and you're ready with us every week. And hey, make sure you follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at scaredychat underscore podcast. And maybe you have a fear and you're wondering if other people are afraid of it too. Well, we probably are, but you should email us your fears at story at scaredychatpod.com and maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Till next time, scaredy cats. Bye. Scaredy Chat was developed and hosted by Caitlin Riley and Monica Moore Suryagi, produced by Jeff Swimmer, editing and sound design by Fitz Harris, theme music by Eric Fashingbauer, with samples by Jeff Zahn and Jack Lenz, and Gail Gilman is the executive producer. Scaredy Chat.